It's time for episode 168 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 21st, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's always the most wonderful time of the year. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined across the ocean and the internet by my co-host, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. So the most wonderful time of the year is Wednesday at 9 Pacific, noon Eastern. Yeah. Sounds good to me. This is the the show where we talk about four tech topics with two wonderful guests. To my left, from iMore, it's Renee Ritchie. Hi, Renee. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It feels odd not to be recording with Jason in a parking lot, but because of the cold temperature, I do welcome this new format. <laughs> and to my left, also sitting right next to Renee, spoilers, uh, you, <laughs> you may know her from Imore and from Total Party Kill, let's say, and many other places. It's Georgia Dow. Hello. Hello. I can't talk bad about Renee. Right, like, then he's going to hear me. So you now I'm in a, pro- a, I have a problem. It's Georgia, Georgia, problem. blink twice if no, you want. No, it's not, you, you, you can't do that on podcast. Doesn't work that way. All right, let's get the show on the road. I'm the designated co-host today, so I'll start off with our first topic: Mario Run. It is the first real sort of Nintendo game for iOS. Uh, I've been playing it a little bit, but I ran into a bit of a problem experienced by many other people. Uh, right around the time it was released, I was traveling a bunch, and so I uh, had to put had to go on a plane, and I was also in a situation where I had uh, pretty terrible Wi-Fi, and so I couldn't download a bunch of the early levels. Uh, and then, of course, uh, once I had downloaded it, I couldn't play it on the plane because it's got an always-on internet requirement. Uh, people are a little annoyed about this, and uh, the stated reason is anti-piracy, which I guess makes sense. But my question for you guys is, is, is that a sensible move on the, on the part of Nintendo, or is it just something that punish, punishes legitimate customers? Renee, tell me what you think. I think it's a pessimistic approach. I mean, if, if there, there are some advantages to having online content, including app thinning, it lets the initial download be smaller. And a lot of companies are doing that to keep sort of like their, their big assets on the cloud. But for anti-piracy, it just seems like very pessimistic to me. It's sort of like HDCP, the high-definition copy protection, which does absolutely nothing to stop pirates but means that I have to throw out a $700 receiver every time it falls out of warranty and locks me out of the, the HDMI port. Uh, and this is the same. I mean, it's not going to stop any serious pirates. And we, and we know that piracy on the App Store is a huge concern, but they're going to be cracking it anyway, and it just means that if I get stuck on a metro or a bus or I'm traveling between towns with kids who are playing the game, uh, they won't be able to enjoy it. And I think that leaves the the bad taste that that puts into a real customer's mouth is never worth the small amount of casual piracy it prevents. Yeah, Renee's got it uh, got it nailed there. This is one of those cases where the pirates are always going to outfox you, and you're making the experience worse for the, the honest people. So, you know, Nintendo is weird, and they do things differently. And if you've played Mario Run, you know it feels very Nintendo and not very iOS, and that's by design, because that's Nintendo's stock and trade, is that feeling, those sounds, all of that. But this is a case where I feel like their blind spot in terms of uh, online services and understanding how people use phones is uh, being uh, exposed. And so, yeah, I agree. I think this is one of those things where this is the kind of game you play sometimes in low 
uh, low network or no network conditions. And so to just bar people from using it, it just diminishes the game because um, we play our uh, you know, we use our phones and we play games in all sorts of places and we're not always on the internet and that's a bad assumption to make at the best of times and to do it presumably because they want to uh, protect against piracy is it's not a good enough reason given that the pirates will uh, figure it out and the honest users will still be left holding the bag. Well, you know, I'm going to be the only one. I think this is a great thing. I think that this only adds to the gaming experience and makes more people happy. Okay, no, maybe that's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> I was a gape. I was a gape. <laughs> oh, she sets him up and she knocks him down. <laughs> oh, right. I'll be the only one. I'll be the only one. Um, no, how, how, like really, how many people would really be stealing Mario Run? I think that Nintendo a little bit needs to get over themselves. Plus, I'm oppositional. When they make me feel like a criminal, I'm almost like, okay, well, you want to see a criminal? Well, let's do the criminal thing. So I think that it creates this negative feeling and negative press that no company needs. And I think that it really saves them very little. Wow, that was like a serious, like, that was almost like a Wario-style answer. I think, I think that, was, that was brutal right there. Oh, <laughs> Wario. Uh, I'm with, unsurprisingly, I'm with most of you guys. I feel like DRM, um, as, you know, we date back to uh, looking at the iTunes store's DRM approach to music in the early 2000s. And, you know, there's a lot of frustration there, too, rightfully so, I think, because a lot of times the, the, the consumers who are who are shelling out for this product are feeling like, well, we're being we're being punished, even though we're the ones who are actually paying for this app. So everybody's paying like 10 bucks, you know, to to play all of Mario Run is the, the ones who aren't going to be playable to play it on the on the plane or in those other low connectivity areas. So uh, I understand Nintendo feels like it wants to protect its IP, but I also agree with you guys that the hackers always win. You never bet against the hackers. Uh, and so I think that they um they are possibly shooting themselves in the foot a little bit with this. I think they'll still make plenty of money, um, but as a as a, cons- a customer who who went out and bought the whole thing, uh, I'm a little frustrated and annoyed. So I, I hope that they uh, reconsider that and maybe find a different approach for security in the future. But thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's move on to topic number two from Renee. So my topic is Mac desktops. Looking back the entire year, I can't remember a year. I'm, you know, if there was one, I'm sure Jason would, but I can't remember huh. a year when Apple did not release desktop max and this yeah, year we went all. from january to december without a new uh without a new imac even like never mind the l- long lamented mac pro or the where the hell is it um mac mini there was just no desktop max and i'm curious how how, how you guys think about that how do you feel about that as mac faithful bad <laughs> that's how i feel it was a bad <laughs> it was a tough year 2016 was a tough year for the mac in general but i i it's funny that you brought this up because i was writing uh a, a look back at a mac wish list that I wrote for Macworld last December and I was sort of grading myself um, and I discovered, I was like, yeah, there were no new desktops in 2016 at all. Now, to be fair, this is that thing where where we grouse about it and then you look at the numbers and you understand why it happens. You don't have to be happy about it, but you understand why. And just as like 13% of Apple's revenue is from the Mac, the truth is only one-third-ish, one-quarter to one-third of the Macs that Apple sells are desktops, and that's been true for years. That's not a new phenomenon in the last couple of years. They've been at at, at least two-thirds laptops for like a decade now. Um, and so priorities, right? I understand it. At the same time, there are certain audiences that are not served by laptops. Like some people only have a laptop. Uh, some people have a laptop and a desktop. But, you know, the people who, uh, and so they, you know, even the desktop users, I think, use laptops, right? But the desktops are there because they're big. They got a big screen. They got power. 
power that a laptop can't have. And so it's frustrating that those aren't there. I, I do think that iMacs are coming. I think Tim Cook's statements that were leaked into the into the public eye about how there are great Mac desktops coming down the pike are encouraging. Although if you're somebody who is a little bit Eeyore-ish on Apple's approach to professional users, you could parse Tim Cook's words to suggest that he's talking about iMacs and nothing else. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I choose to be slightly more optimistic than that. But yeah, it was a tough year. It's not good. So I guess I'm one of the people that I really didn't even notice. <laughs> I don't use a Mac <laughs> desktop. I never have. I am that laptop like phone person, and that suits all of my needs. Um, I think that when uh, Tim Cook was speaking, I think it's a little bit of like, those were not the Mac desktops you were looking for. <laughs> and kind of like that sleight of hand thing. Look over. Don't worry. They'll be great. They're, they're happening at some point in time. Let's you know get on with talking about something else. So I really don't know what will be in the future for them. But um, I didn't really miss them. I feel bad saying that. I feel bad. I feel like I should have, but I didn't. You were so contrarian today. You should have said good riddance. (laughs) That would have been even stronger. Like, I don't even need them. Get them out. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the desktop, I, I use an iMac most days when I'm actually living at home. Um, and I, it's, but it's like a five year old iMac and it still works pretty well. Um, I, I'd love a new one. It's not in my budget right now, but I, I'm very impressed with the Retina ones. Um, it, it is weird, but I, I agree with Jason sort of his point that, you know, the, the percentage of desktop sales is such a small part of Apple's overall picture and even within, you know, within the Mac and then beyond, um, that I can make, it makes sense to me that Apple doesn't want to devote a ton of time and effort there. That said, there is still a market there, and it seems like historically since it's one they've addressed, and it's one that obviously some of their competitors, including Microsoft lately, seem to be addressing, uh, that you think they want to uh, spend a little more time on it. Obviously, there are some other challenges that go in there, um, such as dealing with Intel's product roadmap and trying to figure out how that meshes with when Apple wants to introduce things. I'm sure that's a source of frustration for Apple as well. Um, it is a bit odd, but it's also in some ways, you know, I think I think this might be the new normal in some ways, which is say maybe we don't get desktop updates every single year. Uh, maybe we go every other year or maybe it's just much more irregular in terms of how often those arrive going forward because they just they aren't high priority products. Not to say they won't do them or they won't do them well. Um, but, you know, we've seen the Mac Pro is three years old and it, it certainly doesn't look like it's going to get updated anytime soon. Um, so but then again, you know, the people who are looking for that are small. It's a smaller market than it used to be. Um, so I think it, it's kind of a bummer because I do like to see the advances in the, the desktop. And I think it's a great place to be able to push the envelope. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to necessarily do a lot of damage to Apple or its customer base. Yeah, I sort of like was looking at what Tim Cook said, and I didn't want to parse it too closely because he was saying what a great desktop the iMac was, but he can't really say that. Like, it would be very awkward if he said, and the new Mac Pro, it's got a three-year-old processor, and the, the Mac Mini is on has. I mean, like, like, he just couldn't say that they're great desktops. I think he wisely kept really, really quiet about those. And I've heard that rumors that the Mac desktop share has dropped way below a third, but it's hard to say whether that's because people are buying more laptops or because Apple isn't updating them. And if, you know, if and when those updates come, the numbers will normalize again. And I also think that there is the danger of a horn effect, like the opposite of a halo effect, where like right now, I just ordered one of the new LG displays and I'm going to be looking at an LG logo, not an Apple logo. And if 
you know, if people are switching away to either surfaces or HP or, or big, you know, Windows towers, they're suddenly getting used to using Windows and then maybe their next laptop is Windows. And I think every benefit Apple has been accruing from their halo effect is at risk if they don't see the Mac as maybe not the, the financial windfall that iOS devices are, but a key part of their maintaining their overall value of ecosystem. And that's my big concern with the lack of attention to it. And I totally get it. One of their kids is Taylor Swift, and they've got to do everything and go on tour with her and make sure she meets everything. And the other kid is like in college and doing pretty okay on his own, and you check in and send him money when you need it. But you know, that, that, that kid does need some attention every once in a while. That's, uh, that's two topics down, which I believe, Jason... Makes it halftime. It is halftime. Let me tell you about our halftime sponsor. This uh, episode of Clockwise brought to you by Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. It's a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute. Plans start at just $10 a month, which now will get you two gigabytes of RAM. You can also choose your resources, your Linux distro, and your node location all from their easy-to-use web-based manager tool, which also lets you deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode has more than 400,000 customers. They're all taken care of by a friendly 24-7 support team. And here, something timely, you uh, may like to know they are open over holidays. If something bites you on New Year's Eve, guess what? They will be there for you. And Linode is committed to improving their infrastructure. They recently made an infrastructure switch that increased the Unix benchmark performance by more than 300%. All I had to do was restart my server, and I got that update. It's the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They've got the power you require and the infrastructure and assistance you want. Now, as a listener to Clockwise, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise, you will get $20 toward any Linode plan. And there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to give it a try. Go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code clockwise 20 when you check out. Thank you to Linode for sponsoring Halftime at Clockwise. All right, here's my topic, topic number three. Uh, it's the holiday season, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and so I wanted to ask, thinking about Santa Claus and his uh, famous, uh, famously keeping a naughty and nice list, I was wondering if you all have somebody to put, let's go negative here, uh, on like Georgia. We're going to be a little contrarian, maybe. I don't know. We're going to bring <laughs> the room down a little bit. Um, who's on your naughty list for this year? And I am going to go first because I really want to pick Samsung here. Uh, Samsung is very easy uh, for people who have Apple stuff to beat on and say, uh, you know, they copy stuff and, you know, they're the enemy and whatever. But this year, I've got to say, Samsung dragging its feet. It's not even the design of the Galaxy uh, Note seven uh, that was that could happen to anybody although it sounds like they rushed it and that they maybe were cavalier with it and that's problematic but i think the thing that pushes it over the edge for me is their sort of slow response in uh, the fact that they had a dangerous consumer product out there and and so i've got to say naughty 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 you should have done a better job of alerting consumers to the dangers and getting those phones out of their hands and that's why they're on my naughty list this year Georgia, do you have somebody to put on the naughty list? I do. And I think that you had a good choice with Samsung with that Yule time log, keeping the fire going. I think (laughs) that's a really good choice. Throw another Note 7 on the fire. Why don't we? Yeah, why not? Um, But for me, I have Apple. And uh, thank you for (gasps) making this because now I'm going to get a whole bunch of hatred. But here we go. Okay, so first the three millimeter headphone jack um, and then my USB. Um, (laughs) I'll say it. I I have a rational uh, dongle anger 
Um, Lies. I don't like them. They're ugly. I, they are. They're ugly. I'm, anyone that has the dongle love, send me hate mail because they're ugly. They hang off. They, they look ridiculous. I lose them. I have to purchase them. I have to find them. I don't bring we, them with me when I'm supposed to. And then I can't plug stuff in when I have to do a podcast. Um, so um, I'm just saying, Apple, why do you hate me? And um, I'm sending you coal for Christmas. Oh, man, so many good choices on the naughty list this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm going to pick Twitter, which has, let's 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 put it on the line here, the, the biggest problem that they've done this year is, is they've done nothing when it comes to uh, curtailing the abuse and harassment received online by so many people, especially women on their service. Uh, it's also just become uh, a, a breeding ground for vitriol. And, and terrible things. And, I, and it really seems like, meanwhile, they're, they're going around testing, you know, threaded replies that look terrible and, and a bunch of other stuff that, that people don't seem to care very much about, um, while ignoring this big elephant in the room of all the uh, anger and harassment and, you know, really, really threatening behavior that's happening online. And I think that's just, it's, it's a terrible decision on their part. Uh, it's it's a little morally questionable, if nothing else. Um, and I just I'm hoping that maybe in the new year they'll uh, they'll turn over a new leaf and decide that they uh, they want to be a, a better company. So uh, they get they get a big piece of tech coal this year. So mine is Yahoo, and um, Yahoo uh, it recently admitted to a breach of one billion one billion user accounts. This number is so big, it's hard to fathom that, that many people had Yahoo accounts, but they did, and they were breached, and they got personal information, including names and phone numbers and passwords hashed with the incredibly vulnerable MD5. Uh, and, and this is on the heels of another half billion breach that they had earlier, and there may be some overlap there, but they were separate incidents. And it's not so much that these went years unreported. And it's not so much that a lot of people affected by it are not the most technologically savvy people. They're people who, you know, go to the Yahoo homepage or just got a Yahoo address because it was their one of their earliest gateways to the internet. Uh, and it's not just because Yahoo addresses are still used by some people for Apple IDs or for Gmail recovery addresses. And so we'll, we'll likely take a long time before we know the true depth and damage done by this or by security questions that were duplicated or passwords that were duplicated across <laughs> services. But uh, the big problem is that it sounds like they knew, like they, they were told by their security people that this that, that this massive vulnerability and potential vulnerability existed, and they chose to do nothing. They chose to believe that security was not important. And when you have personal information from people, I dare say that there is almost nothing as important as their security and their privacy. So I think Yahoo deserves more than a lump of coal. I believe they deserve a giant pyramid of coal just dumped right on their pointy little heads. Wow, giant pyramid of coal. That went better than I expected. Thank you all for bringing your negativity to people who are bad actors. And thank you, Georgia, for being consistent in your contrariness today. It's delightful. <laughs> and I can't wait to ha- see what happens next because it's time for Georgia's topic. Georgia, what do you have? Okay, so here we go. Let's add a little bit of happiness and, and hopefully help out some of our listeners because you might be thinking, you know what, I still have to get someone something and I don't know. So who would be best than us to think of some different great last minute tech gifts that you can get someone, that person that you need to buy for and it's just so difficult. So um, why don't you start it up, Dan? Uh, well, I was going to say, um, I'll pick my standby, which is uh, you could get them an Echo Dot. Uh, they're cheap. And with Amazon Prime, if you got it, you can get delivered 
pretty quickly to your door. And it's a it's a fun and interesting device that sort of lets you dip your, your toes into home automation, um, lets you play music throughout your house. It's just an interesting all-purpose technology device, and I, I, I really enjoy the, the Echoes that I have. Um, I think that it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to use the, the lady in the canister, as we refer to her, um, for your weather forecast or uh, your music playback and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm going to say it's a it's an easy thing. And plus, if you take it out of the box, it probably even fits in a stocking. So, you know, that's a, that's pretty convenient right there for a stocking stuffer. So mine is something that I'm blatantly ripping off from Anotco, his Mac break pick yesterday, and that is Marvel Unlimited. And I just wanted to get yes. to it before Jason brought it up. Uh, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited, if you're not familiar with it, it's like Netflix for Marvel Comics. It's, the, it's access to a vast amount of the back catalog of the Marvel comic book uh, sagas. And it's got some of the stuff that I remember best from childhood, like Walt Simonson's Thor and John Byrne's Fantastic Four and Chris Claremont's many, many, many runs uh, on the X-Men. And it's it's stuff that when new movies come out, you can sort of go back and look at all the stories that informed the movies that we're watching now. And it's got a bunch of the really good new stuff too. Not It's not zero day stuff but it's stuff that's that's still fairly modern and really really good runs by really great writers really great artists uh i believe you can get um they've got some sort of promotion going on now the details escape me i think it's like a free month or there's a three-month package or something and there are gifts there are gift certificates or gift emails that you can get if you go right to the bottom of the page but just being able to pick up an ipad at night and decide i want to relive some great memory or look up some great a uh, run that I might have seen Dan or or Jason or somebody else tweet about, uh, and it's all all you can read literally. Like for the price that you pay every month, you can read as much as you possibly want. You can download if you are going to be on a plane. So Mario runs not working. You can read read a really good Galactus story. So yeah, if if they have at all any interest in comic books, Marvel Unlimited is a great gift. You know, Renee, I I seriously thought about picking that, and I wasn't going to, but I thank you for doing it. It's the the annual subscription, by the way, is a great deal uh, for yourself mm-hmm. or for a friend yep. because. Yes. Uh, you can pay monthly, and they really push you to pay monthly. But the annual is a is a much better uh, price price deal. And if you read like fifteen comics, you paid for it basically because comics be expensive these days. So uh, what I'm going to say is, look, the easiest thing to do is uh, is get a gift card. You can get gift cards not only at the store, but like Amazon will send you an Amazon gift card that you can print out and actually print out and fold it and make it into a card <laughs> that has a code on it. So if it's really last minute, like the night before, you could do that. You could set of if you want to give somebody a, a, a physical, you know, th- something from Amazon, but you can't, you know, get it to there in time, you could give them a gift card instead uh, for that value. There are lots of things you could do. So that's one thing. If you do want a gadget, and you can get it at a at, at a local store or get it one day or two day on Amazon. Um, I think my my favorite fun gadget of the last year is I got this Anova uh, immersion cooker, which is like a sous vide machine, and it's it's very Apple like the box. It's this white box. It's very carefully packed in this box. It is you know it's metal and black plastic. It comes with a little uh, little clamp that's very clever. So you don't. It's not a gadget that comes with like a big crock pot or something like that you you attach it to the side of a pot that you already own and you can uh, 
cook all sorts of things sort of to perfection. And, you know, you have to cook them in plastic bags, but uh, the, the results are pretty amazing once you get the hang of it. And it's a really fun gadget, a new piece of tech uh, that feels like, you know, computer tech in styling and everything. And, but actually, and it does have Bluetooth and the new one has Wi-Fi, which is totally unnecessary, but it's fun. Uh, but it's got a great user interface and it is a fun gadget. So that's my, I think that's my official like gadgety pick is the Innova Immersion Cooker. Well, those are all really great ideas. So I have some that are hitting kind of the higher end, um, and I put them into categories. This is Georgia's redemption for all her negativity earlier. Right, right, now right. she's revealed as the gift giver. Georgia Dow gift guide. Right, right, right. Mini gift guide. So if they're young and or active, or both, um, you could uh, pick up, and you love them because it's a little pricey, you can pick up the GoPro Hero 5. Um, it fits underwater. It can go with you anywhere. It can film you. It's really lovely. Hopefully my husband is listening. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the gift guide just so that he would hear this after. Um, so that's really good. So, Or if you want someone that likes comfort or lives in a cold area, you can get a heated toilet seat. These things are, like, amazing. Yeah, I know. You're saying it's a toilet seat, Georgia. Please, really. No, no, no. Listen, it's something we all use the toilet, I hope. And um, if you do, it's nice to have a heated toilet seat. It comes with a little tiny light. You can pick them up on Amazon. They're fabulous it's the gift that no one would have bought for themselves except for me um but anyways that's a different that's a different set um okay and then for the friend who has plaque no i'm just joking for the the friend that is health conscious you can pick up a sonicare toothbrush these toothbrushes they they clean your teeth as if you went to the dentist and they're absolutely amazing um they tickle your gums at first you kind of have to get used to it but once you go Sonicare, you'll never go back to a regular manual toothbrush. Well, thank you for uh, that, the fourth topic. And uh, we're going to move on to our bonus topic, Jason. I, I assume we've got time. Yeah, we of course we do, Dan. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's the holiday season, as we've just alluded to. And so my question for our panelists is, do you have any unusual holiday traditions? Renee? I don't know how unusual it is, but because it's the one time a year where a lot of my family gathers all in one place, we have uh, this impromptu, I'm, call, I'm still calling it impromptu, and we've done it for like four years, tradition of watching the entire Lord of the Rings extended edition in one sitting. <laughs> so we just start it in the morning, and it just plays all day, and you get to, you get to hear, you know, you shall not pass, and uh, all the classic lines, uh, you know, and, and you cry at Samwise every time, so... That's the weirdest tradition we've managed to come to. It's it's a bit like Hanukkah because it lasts for eight days. <laughs> yeah, it's very much so. And you get a present at the end of each segment. Uh, Jason, what about you? See, it's funny. We haven't done it the last year or two maybe, but uh, we did Lord of the Rings, but we call, we call it Hobbit Hanukkah. And what you do is you watch one disc of the extended edition each night for six nights. And so you get it over time instead of in one giant sitting. And it's actually kind of a fun little mini series that well. Okay, large mini, well, large series. It's a, yeah, a big movie. So uh, that's a good one. A lot of movie traditions. We will cart out Miracle on 34th Street and Elf and uh, Die Hard will get an airing. We got to show Die Hard to our daughter for the first time this year. And she said at the end, you know, Jaded Teenager and everything, she was like, the next day she said, yeah, that was a good movie. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> all right. We oh, did man. it. man, you've done You've done parenting right, Jason. So I think that I think that's like our our, uh, our biggest holiday tradition this year. For me, I don't know whether I'm going to do this every year, but I realized this year that there are 12 Doctor Who Christmas specials starting this Christmas. It will be the 12th one, and so over the, the last maybe not 12 days, but last like 15, 16 days, I've been doing the 12 days of Doctor Who Christmas and watching all of the Doctor Who Christmas specials when I get a chance. I'm about halfway through, so I gotta I got some catching up to do. 
But that's a fun thing to just kind of put on in the background while you're wrapping presents or folding laundry or doing whatever you need to do. Uh, Georgia, how about yourself? So um, for me, what I do, and I've done this uh, for the past three years, is um, I'll go to a um, friend's house that's having uh, lunch or supper, and I'll let them know that it's International Pajama Day uh, that day, so I'm going to be um, heading in my Snuggies, and so I don't have to get dressed up. Um, there is no such thing, by the way, as International Pajama Day. I bet there is. I'm there should be. There totally <laughs> should be. If there isn't, there should be. Anyways, and everyone else is like, oh, I wish you told me I would have worn my pajamas, too. I think this should be a thing. I don't know what kind of petition we need to sign, um, so I don't have to get dressed up for one day in the holidays. And all day, I just spend time in my um, Snuggies, and we watch movies or play games, um, eat a lot of comfort food, and just relax. I'm just going to say when you work from home, every day is International Pajama Day. That's my feeling on the matter. True. That is true. That is true. Uh, for myself, uh, my, my cousins, daughters, and I have made it an annual tradition for the last many years now to do a Christmas morning Mario Kart face-off. Um, Ooh, where we, where I like we, this. Yeah, yeah, we run through a bunch of the courses. Um, we'll see what happens this year. For the first time in my entire life, I will not be going uh, to upstate New York for my for Christmas. My They're actually coming to Boston, where I live. So this will be a very weird year. We'll see if anybody uh, throws the Wii in and then brings it over to my house on Christmas morning. So uh, that will maybe will be disrupted this year, but I'm actually really looking forward to it. So I hope it works out. Uh, anyway, thank you all for your unusual holiday traditions. And all that remains is for us to thank our guests. You can catch them at iMore uh, and in many other places and find podcasts. Mr. Renee Ritchie, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me and sharing your holiday podcasting mirth with me. And Georgia Dow, thank you so much for uh, allowing Renee to sit next to you during all of this. Um, and of course, uh, in addition to uh, Disruption and the I'm More Show, there's anxiety videos, anxiety-videos.com. Don't forget the dash. So many places. And Total Party Kill, where we kill things. Yes, we kill things. And, and hopefully I don't die. Cross fingers. No spoilers. <laughs> Rub it in, Georgia. Rub it in. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> and that's it for another edition of Clockwise. All that's left for us to say, other than happy holidays, I suppose, is to watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.